I don't know. It just feels a little too perfectly crafted for Ooh, me. Oh boy. Are you my, saying my spidey like... senses are tingling and my spidey senses are pretty good, as you know, Myers. Yeah, they are pretty yeah, good. They are. So you're saying really this good. is like a space jam situation bringing the ball. Yes, the I, ball. I would. Uh, you could say that controlled by a drone ball, a drone controlled golf ball. Wow. wow. If there's anyone who could do that. It's probably them. Welcome back to The Loop. I'm Alex Myers. As always, I'm joined by Steve Hennessy, Christopher Powers. We've got a fun show today. We are joined by two-time PGA Tour winner Mackenzie Hughes, one of the great Canadian golfers of all time, by the way. And uh, and then we also have one of the not greatest American golfers of all time, Sam Wyman, <laughs> one of our bosses. He will be joining us as well to uh, complain about something as usual. No, no, we, got, we have his back. It's, it's funny. Um, we'll get into that as well. So let's start, though with uh, a little about what happened over the weekend. Um, we'll start with the Zurich Classic just because it's a team event. We can talk about team golf a little here. Uh, guys, what what did you think? Obviously, Davis Riley, CP, I know you're a fan. I know, Steve, you've been betting on this guy too. Um, did we miss the boat not betting on him in the uh, the team event? I actually didn't make any bets the whole go- week, any golf bets the whole week. Very proud of myself. Uh, how'd you guys do I mean, our guy, Andy Lack in the uh, Golf Digest expert picks column, nailed him at 55 to 1. Uh, oh, my God. Should have been following Andy. Got to be got to be following the boys. We're, we're on a bit of a hot streak this year. Um, kind of kills Davis Riley's odds for the rest of the year, which is unfortunate, but great to see. I mean, for me, I was just like struck by how tough alternate shot could be even for these guys. Obviously, we know from the Ryder Cup, President's Cup, that's true, but... Um, it's fun to see it. I think, I mean, it was kind of, it was a little deadly. Uh, I tuned in cause Sammy actually texted us that he had this Davis Riley top 10 ticket. So I was following and man, it was just a chop fest. I mean, even for these elite players missing a bunch of greens, making bogeys, alternate shots, tough. Um, even best balls tough. I know CP could relate after looking at the leaderboard yesterday of his qualifier. Mm, very tough. <laughs> oh, so let's get into that. You played a little team ball as well. I mean, I'm yeah. I'm playing just horrifically right now. Can't hit the ball anywhere. I thought you figured it out at Augusta. No, I mean oh. I shot ninety that day, so I, I know. I, but I thought you had a revelation. No, it. Um, Damn, I don't know. We'll <laughs> see. I, I mean, it was actually I scored okay yesterday. Scrambled around a little bit. Saved. Saved Will a few times. My my buddy Will, who used to be a teaching pro assistant, um, left that life. If you if you read um, Shane Ryan's great piece on the club pro crisis, kind of nicely summed up how my friend felt about it, and he actually quit and got out, got his amateur status back, um, and uh, now we get to play in these two man team events. And this was probably are worst showing i think we had a pretty bad showing last year we were actually pretty good the year before missed by like two shots oh wow this year it looks like we missed by 11 i was actually before this podcast just counting up like you know was it realistic that we could have made it and i think we wasted it like eight shots so no we wouldn't have made it but we would have made it close but the waste i mean it's worse than like new york city streets of of garbage the, the waste we do um at this, we did at this course yesterday. Just stupid, stupid bogeys. Um, couple bad lip outs. 
Didn't finish dead last, fortunately. Added up to a best ball 79, which is embarrassing on a 6,300-yard course. I was going to say, I looked up the course. It tips out at just over 63. And, you know, they trick up they trick up the greens at this place. Mm-hmm. It's Cedar Hill, yeah. if you've ever um, heard of it, um, in Livingston, New Jersey. Kind of a clown show, a few of the greens. Um, but honestly, we, we actually did okay on those greens. Um, we doubled the last right when I said, wow, we've gone the whole day without a double because we usually always have a double. There's, there's <laughs> like, and we, you know, it's best ball. So you think, all right, ham and egg. We always make a double on the same hole. Never fails. And we did on, on the last hole. That's tough. Yesterday. Um, but yeah. Did I'm you, just, didn't you do better than uh, John Daly and David Duvall? <laughs> what did they shoot the first time? Well, they had a 45 on alternate shot Friday. Yeah, they shot 85, 83 alternate shot and uh, like 77 best ball. Oh, so I guess they still they got us. They, 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 they finished dead last by 12 shots. So when you said you missed by 11 shots, I was thinking you were kind of in the ballpark. But I think you actually still did better than them, technically, um, in strokes gained-wise, at least. Um, yeah. I, I don't know, Steve. Steve, what else? Um, you you said you had a scramble story as well. You want to talk about? Um, yeah, the bachelor party. By the way, in a little bit, I I almost in our interview with Sam, I almost choked to death. It would have been a first. Probably would have done good ratings for the pod. To be that's honest, that's true. I really sacrificed myself, but I am alive and well again. I'm still eating the same uh, pasta primavera. It's the kind of guys we are. Where you know we're, we're working in through. the office yeah, here, working through our lunch. Eating lunch yeah. through it. That's what we do. Yeah. Um, but yeah. All right, story? Bachelor party a couple weeks ago in Myrtle. And this group of guys who don't really play too much golf. And, you know, the night before we we're talking about what kind of format we should do. So I was like, let's just do a best ball, you know, group first group. We had two groups, eight guys. And they're like, yeah, great. They didn't really ask many questions. So I didn't think I had to clarify. So we get to oh, the either. first D. And I was like, so we're doing a best ball, right? Yeah, great. Okay. So they decide everyone, all eight of us should see off on the first tee at the same time, which was where it started to go wrong. Everyone actually hits decent shots for guys who don't play much golf. I'm all the way, it was cart path only first hole. I was all the way on the right side. I'm going to play my shot. And everyone's like, what are you doing? Like, I'm going to hit my second shot. And they're like, no, he said best ball. I was like, yes. They're like, "Uh, well, we're going to use this drive over here. I was like, oh, they they think I was talking about a scramble. Right. So now everyone literally is scrambling around. We took 25 minutes to play this first hole. There's a ranger at the back of the first green. I've never heard a ranger scream like this. You guys thought this was okay? I mean, and he was in the right. We were totally in the wrong. Um, we we made up for it because we got going in two scramble groups. It was actually a lot of fun, but that first hole was just pure chaos and i love scrambles i played a scramble last week too at watchung um but yeah i mean just pure chaos so i'm glad you know that's that's a rare instance in the scramble world because scrambles are mostly fun not not chaotic not chaotic that's funny you bring that up because when we talk to sam later about the people confusing handicap index with like average score people always confuse Oh, yeah. best ball with scramble. I mean, I like, didn't think that that was easily confusable. No, they, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's it's tough out there. Um, yeah. A lot of people have to be um, educated. That um, all right, we got to talk about. We don't usually talk about live too much, but we do need to talk about live Adelaide, uh, which 
I mean, let's be honest, they had incredible crowds um, and an incredible moment with Chase Kepka making an ace on that party hole and people going nuts. I mean, it, it looked like waste management uh, 16. It was pretty wild. CP, I know you wanted to talk about it. My feeling before we get into it is this was a tremendous success for Liv, no doubt about it. But again, what happens now? When's the next event? There's a stall here. And also, is it just because they were in Australia with fans who have been lacking seeing great golf events? You know, the President's Cup comes, they go crazy. When, you know, some of these stars from Australia come home, they go crazy. But like, this was a big event for them. To me, Liv should do almost like uh, Australian swing and Asian swing, do like three or four tournaments in a row in like little pockets around the world. And they would be much more successful. That's just my, because you would have people who don't get to see big name players. Again, they don't have all the greatest players, but they do have a lot of name recognizable figures. That to me would be how they get success. And obviously it showed in Australia, they had huge turnouts, whereas in the US, they really haven't. Yeah, I thought, um, I think it was the perfect marriage. Our, our guy, uh, Kobe DeBose made, it, made an excellent point. It's kind of like the Australia is literally the Greg Norman version yeah. of a golfing country where they're like you know basically f you come come we never get golf um we're right. gonna throw up our middle finger at you um go crazy for this event you know sell it out and, and make it look insane and, and they succeeded in that so um good for them i am not going to go as far as to call the kepka thing staged i know some people kind of trolled um jokingly trolled about that but something feels very off about the the many videos I've seen of it. Um, and I'm curious to hear your guys' take on it. But I don't know. It was on tape delay, right? Happened in the middle of the night here. Um, I don't know. A couple big-time social media accounts, people, comedian Burt Kreischer was there. I saw those country club adjacent yep. guys were there who seemed to be literal paid live actors all happened to get the perfect video of Chase Kepka's hole in one from the fans' vantage point. Right, um, right. Multiple vantage. Points. They're all sharing it and kind of saying the same thing. And uh, I don't know. It just feels a little too perfectly crafted for Ooh, me. Oh boy! Are you my, saying my spidey like... senses are tingling? And my spidey senses are pretty good, as you know, Myers. Yeah, they are pretty yeah, good. They are. So you're saying really this good. is like a Space Jam situation where I'm, like they're bringing the ball yes the i ball. i would uh you could say that controlled by a drone ball uh drone controlled golf ball wow wow if there's anyone who could do that it's probably them but yeah it just doesn't feel the first time they i mean i know they did they do some yeah. party hole or they tried to do somewhere else and but this was the biggest one for sure right. this was the big one the watering wow. hole the waste management copy and all of a sudden they get they okay, get this so perfect that scene is very I agree. That's very interesting. Um, It'd be brilliant, by the way. I'm not complaining. I'm not hating. Well, but it, it would felt be brilliant, awesome. except, I don't know, if it came out, in a, if, if they tried to hide it, right. and then it came out like a few months from now, it'd be embarrassing. I mean, yeah. one of the I'm yeah. not sure how you could get 30,000 people to all hide the same yeah. Well, maybe they're not in on it. The actual fans. I don't think the actual mm -hmm. fans are in on it. Oh well, if if it was really a drone-controlled ball or something, how would the fans? I'm not. I'm not suggesting that. I'm just right, saying. Little, yeah. 
I will say the whole placement was dead center of the green. It looked yep. like it looked like the easiest possible. I mean, they of course they wanted a hole in one, which fine. There's nothing wrong with that. You still I mean, look at the 16th hole at Augusta on Sunday. You know, I mean, right? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. I'm not. I'm not there's nothing wrong with that. But there are fewer guys going through, so the odds are obviously lower. I will say, why would it be Chase Kepka? But then you might say, yeah. well, probably smart to pick Chase Kepka because if it was Brooks Kepka, it'd be too obvious. Uh, or you know Phil or Cam Smith or one of you know the big guns, um, so that's an interesting take. I mean, you're right. The, there were a lot of fan stuff coming out. They did happen. To, you know why were there? The that one many, video I saw, there was like a literal jump cut. Um, okay. And I feel like the actual highlight. It's like fair. It's what? Who is it? Uh, Fultz and somebody. It sounds like the crowd reaction is a little delayed in comparison to to the call. So I don't know. Again, I'm not suggesting this was a stage hole in one. The videos I've seen and the content I've seen about it afterward, it feels off to me. And a lot of things feel off on the internet. So maybe this is just my yeah, crazy you, internet brain, but it feels off. Yeah, you were going at it and asking questions about the um, what was it, the Cantley video on loop? Weren't you asking like Mason? Yeah, that, and that I think that was proven. It was on loop. Was it? Uh, or really? Nah, he. I don't think he. He thought he couldn't see anything. The it, it, first one was an old video. Put out an April. The Euro Tour put out an April Fool's joke. Of yeah, of um, Ote Ote. Right. So the, who is a very slow player. Right. And so the Cantley one looked kind of like that. I think you had that in your head, but I don't think that. I think that was real. But I mean, again, who knows now? That's the problem. Now you can fake anything. Everything could be, you know, you got the Pope, the Pope uh, shooting hoops. It, I mean, it's like, it, it's crazy. Trump in a, in a guys, prison cell. Right, you guys spend exactly. too much time on the internet. I mean, come on. Maybe we do. Thank God, Steve, because otherwise it'd be dopes like you. Like, everything's real. Oh, this is so amazing. Thank God there's there's uh, watchdogs like us to point we the, are the watchdogs. The Chanley yeah. video, I think, is also edited. I, I'm almost positive. Like, amazing. he's wow. not... He's not standing over it for 60 seconds. That's even Patrick Hanley is not that bad. That I think there's a way to, and I don't know how to do it. I'm an idiot. I asked Mason about it, our right. one of our video guys. He said it was possible right. to put him on loop, but keep the background like right, he looks so people are like, look at the fans are walking for, but are you can't isolate him to keep it on a loop. Right. This, I mean, there's you like, just said it, Myers. There's deep fakes on the internet yeah. that people believe. It's crazy. Yeah, you, there's like layers to these videos. Right. Can, exactly. Right. I mean, it's it's wild stuff. So it is hard to know what to believe. So I'm glad that you are being skeptical. I do think this one's a little far fetched, but I appreciate the effort. I I'm glad you brought it to the table. I think this is a good talking point. Maybe a, this could be a social share even uh, it just because this will get people going. Yeah, that, that would get... I, threw out, I threw out the thing yesterday. I looked at the uh, the points list, the live points list. There's someone tweeted the lives point list versus the yeah, PGA Tour. And they were trying to show, I guess, that there was better names on the PG Tour. Of course there are. But my takeaway was like, how is it possible? I know we're only like four events in, but like DJ, Cam Smith, Brooks even, well, I guess Brooks was kind of middle of the pack on the top 12. They're all getting dusted by the likes of Peter Uline, Chucky Three Sticks, Carlos Ortiz. Like, So I threw out the thing, are guys like DJ and Cam Smith tanking to make these other guys look good, to like increase the, the, the you know, 
depth of live golf to make it like, Oh, we really do have a lot of guys like, look, we can, you know, cause all I'm hearing for months is any world ranking system that doesn't have Dustin Johnson yep. in the top five. And first of all, Dustin Johnson stunk on the PGA tour last year. He was horrendous at Cam Smith. Fine. I get it. But then now these guys can't even crack the top 12 of the live points list. When well, again, 48, 20, 48 Dustin Johnson won last year. He won the bonus. So to me, yeah. that's why I was like, it's not like he, he was beating these chops last year for the most part. And um, now they can't, now they can't hang with these guys. It makes no sense to me. So I, I, I had my own conspiracy thought and I got killed by some of the, you know, the pro livers. A lot of people agreed with me too, but you're going to get killed. And a lot of people will agree with you too. Um, by the way, that video, the one chase kept there's a guy at the end waving his shirt around and he's got his shirt off and he's got a four aces hat on. It's amazing. I don't know. Maybe that's one of the paid actors, but it's a phenomenal video with Jake Kepka. Uh, what a moment for the young man. If it was indeed real, hopefully it wasn't another Derek Jeter situation. Remember when he staged a whole one? That was the dumbest thing. Oh, ever. yeah. And Brady did it. Brady's done it, too. Shadow Creek. Brady. Brady, Brady did it, too. You're right. That was weird, too. They both did it. That's bad. Jeter was first, at least. So hmm. of the I didn't know. Oh, I, that was staged. They did it at Shadow Creek. He had everybody yeah. pretend. It was very bizarre. So there's precedent for staging. There is precedent, but this, but not where you see the well. Brady's, I don't know how they did Brady's. Yeah, Brady's uh, like a drone. I mean, again, the ball actually went in the hole. Brady's, you saw it going. A little hole. editing. Yeah, a little editing goes a long way. Goes so, a long way. Yeah. Um, I mean, look, they make two of you in your videos. That's uh, right. That's, this guy's that's a piece of brilliant. Right. So every time yeah. I do one of these videos, I'm like, this is the biggest piece of garbage I've ever done. And then they put it together. I'm like, wow, this is pretty, pretty good video. This is so, so funny. The editing elves are really, really, I, I'm more impressed with them every, every time they make a video. Uh, unbelievable. As I just said this, Joel, because I'd put in the guy with the guys waving the hat, the shirt and his hat. That is the guy you just mentioned, Bert Kreischer, he said. Oh, yeah, all the videos. Look, he's huge, big-time comedian. Joel, Joel said, a terrible but super popular comic. <laughs> he, he is. I don't I don't understand what people find so funny about him, but uh, he's big-time. So, um, yeah, it's all just very convenient how, how – um, and I yeah. want to repeat, I'm not a hater. I think have at it, live, do, do your thing, but – I don't know. This felt like a convenient weekend the, for them. And the fact that that guy is in the end of the video, they cut to yeah. him. Like they need to cut to him. Like, and they just happen to be filming this. So to me, it's like, are you filming every golfer that comes through? Because that's the Probably, only. Way there's only forty of them. Why you can get this? Yeah, maybe they maybe they literally filmed every guy coming through, yes. hoping for. So then what? You just have like forty-eight videos of like. This Crap. is what they do. Eight yeah, I guess so. That that's you gotta be in it to win it, man. You gotta <laughs> you do. Uh, yeah. Anyway. My phone would be cooked. I I you ever go to we all cooked. go to these events. Our phones die in two seconds. The There's heat? no internet. In the sun? Cooked. Cooked. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure so, they have three phones and things to charge them in. Whatever, whatever. But... Conspiracy. It's all a conspiracy. Um all right. We're let's talk some real golf now. Uh we're gonna welcome in Mackenzie Hughes who obviously has won two PGA Tour titles um, and is a President's Cup hopeful for next year. Uh, let's get into our chat with Mackenzie Hughes. We are now pumped to be joined by Mackenzie Hughes, two-time PGA Tour winner who's coming to us thanks to Mizzen and Maine. He's one of their ambassadors, part of a 
impressive list of ambassadors they have. So we're definitely going to ask Mackenzie about uh, all the stuff that they got going on at Mizzen and Maine shortly, but some interesting times on the PGA Tour, Mackenzie. Um, so want to get into it. Um, first of all, thanks so much for joining us. And, you know, it's been such a busy schedule uh, so far with all the elevated events early in the season. I'm wondering, you know, for you, you know, you just won Sanderson in the fall and now, you know, a jam-packed schedule. Are you feeling a little tired coming off, you know, the Masters and all these big events? I would imagine a week off, you know, we're talking to you on a week off here. I'd imagine that's a pretty nice thing. Yeah. Um, well, first off, thanks for having me. And um, yeah, it has been a busy start to the year. Um, lots of events and lots of ele elevated events. And uh, it seems like that's kind of um, not forced your hand a little bit, but you definitely know where you're playing and um, fortunate enough to be uh, into all those events. And so, um, yeah, I've played lots and um, yeah, it's nice to take a break. I had last week off for the Zurich and I'll skip this week for Mexico. So two weeks at home and then next week's a home game for me and Wells, uh, Wells Fargo. So right. it's been, it's been nice to be home. Uh, it has been busy, but um, busy is a good thing. Yeah. I know you got three kids at home. So an off week, I'm curious what that looks like, how often you pick up the clubs or, you know, are you just kind of enjoying uh, dad life? Yeah, it's a, it's, it's a both. I mean, I, I try to be home as much as I can. So I'm uh, a bit more efficient with my practice uh, during those off weeks and trying to be dad as much as I can and dad and husband. And yeah, with three kids right now, it's a lot, there's a lot going on. It's uh it seems chaotic and um but it's it's great and uh being a dad is definitely the you know the best the best thing i've done and it's uh far better than anything i'll do on the golf course so um you know these these times right now are definitely challenging there's no doubt that three under five is uh you know lots of work but yeah. these these times will go by quick and i'm sure down the road i'll be uh you know wanting to do it again so um, yeah, it's been it's been good and uh, there's been a, a good balance so far. Yeah, I want to ask you, uh, obviously, I've got two five and under you to jump to the three level. I, I can't even imagine it, man. Like, so kudos to you and your wife. Um, I know you said that you're a PGA Tour level diaper changer. So what what else are you what other skills are you bringing to the table uh, when you're home? You know, yeah, three three is definitely uh, a big step up. I I thought uh, going from one to two, I didn't think it was that bad. I thought one to two was okay, and right. uh, three was uh, it seemed like exponentially harder. Um, <laughs> I don't know. It was like, it was like adding two kids. And <laughs> I, I think part of it is just that like now my five year old, my two year old are super active, and then we've got one that's you know not doing anything. So you're you're in totally different phases of life. And, you know, the five and two are, you know, go, go, go. And I've got one that, you know, you're always, you're either holding or my wife's holding and there's just like, you're just doing different things. And um, I'd, I'd say that you get really good at uh, like, I, I think the first kid and even the first two, you're like, you're trying to do everything perfect and trying to be like the perfect parent. And, you know, I remember our first kid, you're just like, all right, like, you know, we're going to really limit the TV time and the iPad time. And then you, have, you become an expert at like, just being like good enough, you know, like yeah, just, yeah. I think you have to just rationalize like, okay, it's not going to be perfect. It's not always going to be like these great days where, you know, the kids are well-behaved and 
um you know they're outside playing doing educational activities it's just like some days it's like you have a phone call and you give them the ipad and you give them a snack and just say hey i need 30 minutes of quiet go over there with your brother and um so i think you know in, in, in regards to your comment i think that it's honestly just about not trying to be perfect and then just like let the kids be kids and sometimes you have days that are great and then you have days that are not great but i think you just learn to roll with it a little bit better well, I'm the only non-dad here. These two are dads. And I know their their sports watching has gone down a bit. I'm curious, with three kids, you're a huge Toronto Maple Leafs fan. Insane win last night. They're on the brink of finally getting the second round. Have you been able to enjoy it and watch these games? Or is it, you know, bath time, getting kids to bedtime when, when the games are on? Yeah, no, I, I have been able to enjoy it. I've, I've missed uh, bits and pieces, uh, you know, throughout the games here. But um, like last night, we were kind of in the midst of putting them to bed during the first period and uh, kind of trying to round up all three kids. And um, it required, you know, both of us uh, all hands on deck to get the three of them down. But um, yeah, it's, it's fun to get that outlet or that uh, maybe for me, that's a lot of fun to sit down and kind of just be fully invested into a game. And um, so I got two periods of, uh, you know, fully quiet and then the overtime. So uh, <laughs> it's, uh, pretty pumped for that. That's, uh, you know, that's probably the narrative being, uh, you know, flipped around there a little bit. Normally it's the Leafs uh, being up and then kind of blowing a lead. So it was nice to be on the other end of that for once. And, Hopefully they can uh, finish it off at home in game five. Well, speaking of watching uh, sports, you had last weekend, your fellow Canadians, Nick Taylor, Adam Hadwin, almost get the dub at the Zurich. I wonder, you know, if you're watching that, you know, whether you're just doing dad duties and not watching it, or, you know, if you heard that they were in the mix and then threw it on, uh, you know, to, to kind of cheer your fellow countrymen on. Yeah, I, I saw them. I kind of, checked my phone and they were kind of through seven or eight holes and they were playing well. And I thought, Oh, that's awesome. Like they were kind of getting up there and then they just kept making birdies. And I was like, Oh man, I got, I got to flip this on. So I ended up watching um, kind of most of the back nine and seeing, seeing their run. And that was uh, pretty fun to watch. And I mean, it was kind of funny in a way because I, I told my wife, I mean, that team, you know, almost shouldn't have happened. It was, uh, it was kind of funny because Nick and I had talked about playing originally. Mm. And, uh, I just, it wasn't, I wasn't going to add to my schedule ultimately. And uh, so then Nick and Adam ended up uh, pairing up and um, that was obviously the best case scenario for both of them. So um, <laughs> I'm glad it worked out uh, great and it was fun to see him play well. Who, who as a Canadian golfer growing up, who is the guy that you look to? Is it Mo Norman? I mean, we hear about the legend of Mo Norman, or is it more someone like a Mike Weir, obviously a little more modern day guy? Who's the guy that you looked up to as a kid? Yeah, I'd say it was Mike. I mean, Mo, for me, it was more just, uh, you know, kind of, there's, there were stories and there was uh, the legend of Mo Norman, but I never got to meet him. I never watched him play or anything like that. So for me, um, he was more of a mythical creature. I, I, I mean, right. you heard the story. I mean, I, I assume most of them are true, but I've never seen him in action. Never talked to him. Um, I would have loved to have had those those chances to do that, but um, never, never materialized. Or, um, but yeah, Mike to me was someone that I looked up to. Uh, his career, what he had 
achieved in golf and then coming from a small town um, in Canada near where I grew up. Uh, there was just a lot of parallels for me that I could kind of relate to. And um, it was really neat to be able to spend some time with him uh, when I was younger. Uh, now he doesn't really remember that, but uh, I had a few chances to interact with him when I was quite a bit younger. And um, it just kind of made it clear to me that was what I wanted to do when I grew up. And, uh, you know, when he won the masters and, um, those following few years, he rose to number three in the world. I mean, he was one of the game's elite, elite players, and it was really neat to, to watch him do that. And then, you know, my thought was, Hey, this is pretty cool. I want to do this too. Mackenzie, obviously the, the win in the fall kind of set up your whole year, but a little bit cold since then, but then you, you find something at the match play. Was that, you know, the format kind of freed you up or did you find something in your, in your game that week? Yeah. I mean, I actually like didn't feel terrible about my game uh, results wise. Uh, it wasn't there, but I didn't feel like my game was that far off. And uh, you know, like I played okay in LA and I played okay at Bay Hill, but you know, nothing more than 50th place finishes, but I felt like those weeks, like my game was close. I didn't feel like it was that far off. And, um, and then I kind of made a little switch to the match play. I, I was uh, working with a coach and um, we had started in the fall and I picked up some nice things. I felt like I was learning some, some good things there, but I ultimately decided that I kind of wanted to go off my own a little bit. And um, that was the week of the match play. And I just felt like I, yeah, kind of freed myself up a little bit. I wasn't playing golf swing as much. And, and especially in that format, I feel like that um, also frees me up just to kind of go play golf, um, go beat the guy I'm playing against that day and, and just try and figure out, you know, how to do that. And um, so that was kind of maybe a bit of a bit of both there, um, combination of factors. But, um, yeah, game, game feels pretty good. Um, I know in a long season you're going to have uh, periods of time where you're not playing as well. Um, it's just the way it goes. Um, everyone has that, that period of time. And, um, you know, Rory's had a stretch recently where he's not played as well. And, uh, it just happens to everybody. So I think just accepting that and, um, yeah, just trying to keep putting your, um, your best foot forward, but, um, yeah, I'm excited about the golf coming up and, uh, my game's in a pretty good spot. We got a few other questions for you, Mackenzie, but also want to make sure we talk about Miz and Maine and what they have going on. Obviously, a, a modern uh, golf brand, one that you could wear on and off the course. You're rocking a pretty sharp-looking polo right there. Uh, it, you know, it's a brand that came on our radar, you know, with the Masters, uh, Phil, wearing that long sleeve shirt. I wonder if maybe you rock a long sleeve shirt at all, if that's in the line, or, you know, just just tell us, uh, you know, what you like most about working with Miz and Maine. Yeah, no, they're, uh, they're a super great company to, uh, to work with. They, um, they're a lot of fun, first and foremost. Uh, you know, the guys that I... Um, the guys and girls I've interacted with there um, have been nothing but fun and engaging and interactive with me and, um, you know, asking for feedback on clothing and, and this and that. So that has been really fun to be a part of. And uh, that's really the first experience I've had doing that. Um, the clothing itself, uh, I've, I've not really dabbled into the long, long sleeve, uh, you know, golf. <laughs> it's a look. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll go there, but off the course, I love I love wearing their their stuff um, out to dinners and whatnot. It's just 
I mean, my wife makes the joke now that, uh, I mean, she used to have to dress me up and now I dress myself up because I actually enjoy wearing the stuff. I enjoy wearing the clothing, um, just out casually or out to dinner. So, uh, it's been a bit of a shift for me. I've, uh, become an adult, I guess, if you will, but yeah, it's just super nice clothing. The company has been, uh, nothing but, uh, amazing to work with and, um, yeah, it's, there's, there's, honestly, there's some stuff that I maybe wouldn't have uh, worn before. I mean, there's some some designs, I mean, even this shirt um, may have been something that I didn't wear before, and now I'm uh, kind of stepping outside my my comfort zone and wearing some shirts that uh, have a bit more spunk and and design to them, and um, it's been fun. I mean, the clothing and the material has been great, and um, it's it's been uh, it's been a lot of fun. I don't know if you've seen the uh, the Netflix documentary, but there's the scene with Colin Morikawa doing going over master scripting, and he says, "No, I'm not wearing like the olive pants." Are you are you that guy now? Are you that into it? <laughs> I don't think I'm. Uh, I'm hopefully not that guy because uh, okay. yeah, that, that that's probably not the the um, the look I was going for. The look I want to be uh, portraying. Um, <laughs> I, I'm pretty simple when it comes to what I'm going to wear and. Um, yeah, I mean, most most things are on the table, I guess. If you if you if you put stuff in front of me, I mean, unless um, you know it's yellow pants and a pink shirt, uh, typically, I you know, I feel I feel pretty good about wearing most things. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think they know my style, and uh, working together with them now for uh, just about two years, so I feel like you know they've gotten to know me, and uh, and I know what their stuff is like. So um, they'll pretty much just ask me what my what my level of spiciness is like that week and they'll say all right well, well you know kind of go accordingly on that and uh the master had some some nice outfits put together and you know there was a mix of you know some kind of fun floral prints and there was some basic uh some basic um you know designs as well so yeah a bit of both but yeah it's uh it's nice to you know just, again just work with them communicate kind of what i like and what they're trying to do and um yeah we kind of go from there uh president's cup not this year year after you came pretty close i believe to making the team this this past one um where is that you know goal wise for you you know where does that rank on the list i say it's uh yeah right up there top one or two uh on the list i think it's obviously a ways out and it's tough to put yourself there right now but i know it's um you know all the stuff that i'm doing now is you know um laying the groundwork to be on that team hopefully in a year and a half's time and um yeah it'll be uh, a massive uh goal of mine to be on that team to be playing in canada uh i mean i, I wanted to play the president's cup regardless but uh to, to play it in canada um with mike as my captain i think would be something that would always be a career highlight for me no matter what i do after that so um huge goal of mine and um yeah, going to be working hard to to make sure I'm on that team next time, uh, not relying on a captain's pick. We're talking a little about the, everything going on on the PGA Tour before with the schedule, but the the rollback is obviously something that a lot of people are talking about, and you know we don't know quite yet how that'll affect the PGA Tour. But wondering for a guy like you, who's you know not to say you're a shorter hitter, you know you're 90th I think in driving distance, you know almost averaging at 300 yards. That's not short by any means, but in terms, yeah, exactly. We'd all take it, but in terms of, you know, 
how that affects you competitively, you know, in relation to some of the other guys, like we talked about Rory before, wondering your thoughts just in general on the rollback and whether you agree with it uh, and then how you kind of see that maybe affecting your uh, competitive level going forward. Yeah, I think to me, the rollback, I understand what they're trying to do. I understand, um, you know, kind of in the ecosystem of golf and, and golf course design and all this, I, I get the intent of it. I, I just, I don't see, I don't see it being the, the best solution. I think that uh, to me, uh, I could see something where you limit the ball and the clubs now and kind of say, Hey, like we're, you know, we kind of almost freeze in time and say, look, this is kind of where we're at. You got to play within these parameters that we're at. And, um, but to me, does the science and the data now says that from kind of Oh four to now, uh, we haven't made huge leaps and bounds, uh, in distance. Uh, I think that there's definitely some factors outside of equipment that have elevated i think speed like you look at how we can optimize launch conditions now with launch monitors and also you look at the athletes that come out now and i mean there was that guy uh i think he's south african uh wilco yeah Yeah. and you're like um how are you going to take that guy and, and, and tell him to hit it shorter? I mean, he hits all he can do is hit a, you know, 350 or Cameron champ or right. oh, this new guy, Gordon Sargent who played in the masters. I mean, these guys, these guys cruise at 190 ball speed plus. And I mean, that's just the kind of golfer that we have now. And that's not a product of the equipment. You could get those guys a, a wooden driver and they're still going to hit it over 300 yards. It's just, hmm. uh, also athletes playing this game now and guys train to be athletes um that play golf so i'm not i'm not really a fan of the rollback i again i understand the intent i understand that they want to preserve uh the game's greatest golf courses but i think the game's never been in a better spot and i think that there are um other ways to do it other ways to combat distance um without rolling the ball back um I don't think if you asked fans watching the game, they'd say, Hey, I want to see Rory hit it shorter, or I want to see um, Cameron champ hit it shorter. I think that I play pro-ams all the time. And, you know, if I had a drive off the first hole that goes 320 right down the middle of the fairway, you know, people are all oh, and love that, you know, they mm-hmm. just play, do that. And uh, we play with the same ball that they do and uh, they can relate to that. So, to me, it's it's uh yeah I don't I don't like it uh, personally, but I will not uh, have the final say. So um, you know, as far as my game goes, I don't. Uh, everyone will be in the same boat, so I don't see it being a problem uh, going forward competitively for me. Um, if the change happens, it happens, but um, hopefully, um, yeah, hopefully the tour goes a different direction, maybe. I got to ask you, you know, I know Mike Weir obviously has a green jacket, but he does not have a rooster trophy from the Sanderson farms that you do. I was expecting it to be like front and center when we saw you there. Right. Where do you have it in the house? Uh, do your kids play with it? What What's going on? Where's the rooster trophy? Uh, so it's actually in the hallway just around the corner. Okay. Uh, mantle. So it, it is displayed in the house. Good. My son, I think, he asked me to get a trophy and he was excited to get a trophy. I don't think 
that was the trophy he had in mind. I think he wanted like a really <laughs> tiny like cup or something like that, traditional type trophy. And uh, we came home with the big rooster, which I think sweet. But um, he, you know, thought otherwise. Yeah, I thought he was gonna put it in his room, and then eventually he's like, "No, I don't want it in my room." So, um, yeah. So, uh, tough crowd over here, but hopefully we'll um, be able to get him a few more to choose from. Last one from me, Mackenzie. I'm just curious, growing up in Canada, it's all hockey all the time. It's winter sports. What's it like growing up and basically saying, you know, I'm going to try and go pro in this summer sport where you met with some resistance or was it pretty, pretty supportive from, from all the people around you? Yeah. I mean, honestly, like, I don't think whenever I, like, when I was pursuing golf in Canada, I wasn't, uh, you know, as a 14, 15, 16 year old, I wasn't saying to people around me like, Oh, um, you know, this is what I'm going to do. And, um, you know, like, obviously like I, I wanted to play golf and I wanted to play it very well, but it wasn't as if like, um, I made a choice that this was the only thing in my life that I was going to do. And I had to be down this path or, or nothing. Um, it is something that I, I honestly, I felt like I was very good at, um, but in Canada, there's, uh, obviously a short season. So, you know, you have time, uh, that you need to fill doing other things. And I honestly didn't play a ton of golf in the winter. I mean, I never really went down South and played or I hit a lot of balls in the nets, but like, you can only do so much of that. So, um, it's, a very, a very uh, different way than I guess most kids would have done it. Like, like guys that grew up in the States and played golf year round uh, in nice weather. Uh, I didn't have the opportunity. So um, it was definitely a different path and maybe one that was uh, um, less than ideal. But for me, it was all, the only thing I knew. So it didn't seem like it was uh, uh, any different or, or harder. It just, that was just, that was my path. Um, but I would say people were pretty supportive. I mean, uh, which is always something that you need as far as if you're going to be a young kid going after something, uh, you want people around you telling that you can do it, not someone saying, Hey, this is unrealistic and stop dreaming. Um, so had, had the right people around me to, to kind of encourage me along the way and, um, had some great help along the way as well, which you need. But, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's harder, I think for sure. I mean, there's no doubt that if I'm, playing half the time that you know the guys in the states are playing and working on their game I mean there's uh, a disadvantage to that but um, it worked for me and it's worked for uh, a bunch of my friends as well so there's obviously something something to it that that works um, it's just a you know a different way to get to the same the same same place last one Mackenzie and we talked about your, you just mentioned your friends it, it worked for them well your your team at Kent State there uh with Taylor Pendrith Corey Connors uh, we, we need a, a good story from the of both of them uh from college uh it doesn't have to be embarrassing but you know if it is that's fine too but uh something fun uh from them a memory from college that uh sticks with you because I mean that team is incredible the fact that's that you guys loaded are, team loaded yeah, loaded. yeah. And staking well, flashes. Love it. So it was, and uh, it was a great team, but I think people don't realize that like when we started out, <clears throat> Taylor, uh, he actually got really sick when he started out with Ken. So he was in his, like he had mono and he like didn't play for the first six weeks. He was like in his dorm room, didn't go to class. Uh, Corey didn't play well his freshman year. 
Uh, so like we barely had them in the lineup, and when they did play, they they just they weren't the Corey and Taylor that you know now. Um, and so we just, I mean, and they obviously became world class players, but we just didn't have that gelling at the time. And then my my senior year, uh, they both started to play really nice golf, and uh, I was playing pretty well at the time. And uh, that was the year that we had the best finish um, in Kent State history. We lost to Alabama uh, in the first round of match play at Riviera. So that was a ton of fun. Um, as far as a fun story with them, I mean, I think, I think, gosh, of all the stories that are actually uh, PG, they <laughs> um gosh i mean Corey. Corey. um one of the things that Corey was uh renowned for was how much he could eat and he also ate like like joey chestnut like he could eat a ton and he ate it super fast like i mean wow you'd be there and like you'd have like five bites of your meal and he'd be done and coach her page had a rule with Corey where Corey had to put down his fork or spoon in between bites. So if we're eating somewhere and Corey took a bite, Corey had to put his utensil down, chew his food, and then grab his fork and eat it again. Incredible. Um, because Corey would be like literally just like shoveling his food in his mouth. Barely breathing. Yeah. Just, oh my God. Like this guy hasn't eaten in weeks. I mean, he looks like he's been just famished. So <laughs> kind of funny story with him. And then, uh, I mean, Taylor, I mean, obviously it's been talked about a lot, but he came into school and he hit the ball so unbelievably far. Um, like he hits it far now, but he hit it way further when he first came to college. Um, it was just like this raw, um, super athletic guy that could just mash the ball. And he actually, like, I remember like there was a tournament that we played and our coach was walking with him and it was like 175 yards and, Taylor's like, well, what do you think, pitching wedge? And his coach is like, what? Like, our coach is like, no, no, like, it's like probably an eight iron, you know? And he's like, no, no, I think I can get wedge there. And he hit wedge, like, over the green, like 185 yards. And, <laughs> I mean, he just – so, like, to see his game transition to what it is now and uh, even, like, through college, I mean, he became a super elite player um, with tons of control, but it started out, like, so raw. Um and just like he hit the ball just unbelievably far for, I mean, it was, it was quite silly. Um, so just, I mean, I tons of good memories with us traveling and uh, just being together in the team van. And, um, but yeah, those, those two guys have been really close friends of mine for, for a number of years now. And uh, to be able to share, uh, you know, our experiences together on a PGA tour has been, been pretty cool. Oh, for sure. I mean, the Canadian group of guys you have out there, are- incredible um and we'll hope to catch you out on tour because we want to hear some some more of those Corey and taylor stories uh but we'll let you go mac thanks so much for for joining us and thanks to Miz and main for letting this be possible and uh have a great rest of the season appreciate it yeah appreciate it guys thanks for having me all right thanks again to mackenzie hughes for joining us it was a lot of fun especially those stories at the end from the uh the college days that really could have been a juggernaut team steve with uh so good. connor's pendrith and and uh hughes on the same I mean, college. Made it. and state the golden flashes golden flashes i mean we um, know them as a Cinderella. antonio gates yeah antonio, antonio gates, gates back in the Legend. day NCAA basketball runs. player yep uh, football player Legend. shout out our guy joe idoni golden flashes uh there you go. 
Um, Yeah, I mean, the fact that he, you know, they made it to match play against Alabama. Yeah, that's legit. You would expect that with that team, but pretty interesting to hear that when, you know, Corey Connors first started at Kent State, he was barely making the team, and that's that's crazy, but here we are. That is crazy. Yeah. Um, All right. Now we're going to welcome in, again, one of our co-workers, uh, Sam Wyman, for uh, an interesting discussion. Have a listen. We wanted to bring in uh, Sam Wyman here, who we work with, obviously. I, uh, Sam, I don't know, d- digital editor. He's, he's our boss, but uh, whatever. He's uh, he's an okay player. Uh, did a video <laughs> with Joel Damon. Very good video. Very long video, but very good video. Uh, and Sam, you, I understand you're, you're taking some heat once again. You, you know, you took some heat originally with the, when the video came out, but it's been reshared and now you're taking heat again. What is going on? Yeah. Well, let's be clear. I, this, this was my thing. So I own the heat, um, that I was taking the first go around because I'm subjecting myself to all kinds of ridicule, uh, in terms of like, you know, major deficiencies as a golfer. So that part I have no problem with, um, but I'm getting a lot of, there's no way this guy's an 11. If this guy's an 11, then I'm a scratch. You know, the guy looks like a 20. Um, first of all, my game is a mess right now. So I'm actually going up a little bit. Uh, I believe when that video was shot, I was actually closer to a 10, six. Um, is that career best? That was from my, my best. Yeah. Right. And, you know, so the part that like kind of does ruffle my feathers. I like, I'm the most, uh, I feel like I'm the most, um, you know, realistic about my game, you know, and it's a mess. Um, but like, you know, making it seem like I have a vanity handicap actually bothers me because first of all, the video that is shared on social is only showing, you know, my four worst shots. Now mm-hmm. you guys are well aware my swing has some major quirkiness to it. So I'm not doing that, but I actually hit a great that day for me. Um, but anyway, anyway, so like uh, it, more to me, it's like a reflection of people don't get the handicap system. And we then we had a whole discussion earlier about how, you know, a lot of people say, oh, you know, that guy's an 11 handicap, which means he shoots 11 over par, which is not what the handicap system is. Um, and anyway, that's that's kind of what the part yeah, I wanted I mean, to talk the, about. You, yeah, you just said it. That's what the mouth breathers of the Internet think, you know, people who play in the Barstool Classic, probably think that an 11 <laughs> should, should shoot 83 every time he plays, when in right. reality, it's, you know, it's based off your career day. And for the most part, we're all playing bad golf, you know, 90% mm-hmm. of the time. And that 10% of the time is kind of what your handicaps based off of. And I think it should be, it should be based off your, um, the possible best score you could shoot that day. So people just People have have a hard time understanding that for some reason. I, I don't know why that is. People definitely have a hard time understanding it. There are a lot of dumb people out there. Uh, but I do disagree with you, and I kind of disagreed with Sam. Although I was kind, I think I was kind of winning him over. Um, the handicap system is very flawed. Now, to Sam's point, if everyone is under the same system, I guess. But I still think there's certain certain circumstances where it hurts certain players more or helps certain players more. And then you can all. It's it's also based on your definition of whether it helps or hurts. If you want to have a low handicap, this hand this system's great for you because we you shoot one good score and you know you're a Sam Wyman 10, 10 handicap. So it's kind of it's kind of nuts to me that when they changed the big change they made was to go from ten of the last twenty scores counting 
to eight of the last 20. They should have gone from 10 to 15 or 16 counting. Right. And if you have a bigger sample size, then you can throw out the outliers at the top and the bottom, not just throw out the bad scores. It's just, it's all about making people's ego feel better at this point. It's, it's, it's kind of ridiculous. Well, I think it's important. I mean, not to get into a whole philosophical discussion about what the handicap is for, but like, you have to do identify what are we what are we after? Are we trying to say what kind of golfer is this guy? Okay. Am I a golfer who shoots 11 over par on average? No, I'm not. I'm worse. Right now I'm definitely worse. I stink. But if it's hey, I'm gonna have a match with this guy, I'm gonna play him. Uh, what is a fair way for us to play, knowing that he could suck or he could have a, you know, a really good day? On the second one, I feel like the handicap system as it is works. If you're trying to be a gauge of like the level of golfer he is consistently. Then the handicap system is not an accurate rep- representation. It's, I guess. My, go ahead. Yeah, my, Myers' point is that it would still do that if you counted more scores. It would still be, you know, a system where you could play another player, you know, regardless of age, regardless of anything else, what tees you typically play, and you still have a fair match. If you just counted more scores, it would be a more fair representation of of yeah. your level of ability. I so, guess I. I go back to like, uh, Steve, you might be too right now, but Alex and Chris are definitely better than me. Okay. So it's actually protecting them more than anything else. Like my handicap being what it is, is, is protecting them that if I have, you know, my one out of once a month day against them, you know, it's accounting for that. Mm -hmm. Okay. If it's accounting for, you know, how much better is Alex than Sam? You know, probably right now the stroke system is like five or six strokes, probably on average, he's probably seven or eight strokes better than me. Yeah. Right. So like it's two different equations. Right. By the way, I got to tell you, the thing that bothered me also, there's a whole story to this, is that um, <laughs> uh, they, they were, Golf Legends shared the video. They shared on social. Uh, then my son, Charlie, who you guys all know, posts it to his friends and says he's not an 11 as if he's calling. <laughs> now all of Rye High School is also calling me a fraud. So I have to deal wow. with multi-generation. That's way worse than the Internet. Yeah, yeah, way worse. He, wait, he actually called you out because well, again, and then I said, Charlie, that was kind of mean. And he goes, No, no, Dad, I was saying that you're not 11 right now. Like they haven't updated the video. Like mm. that was he was saying. Like he's like he knows where I'm at right now. Like my literally, I shot 91, 95 over the weekend. I mean, like I was terrible. So he was yeah. saying, not like this guy's lying. He's like, by the way, this guy's not. A, I mean, I'm not right now. I'm. He's saying right now that's not an accurate representation of what I am. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah, well, I also wondered, Sam, because it's funny you you brought this up today because I was I don't know why I just remembered the other day though about the time you thought you shot a thirty five on the front nine. But no, you, that's not uh, true. You <laughs> forgot to count a you score. Go, you go, whoa, thirty five, and then you're like, oh, I didn't put the ninth hole in there. That's a four, thirty nine. <laughs> Which again, it was a nice score. No, 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 it was actually I think I think I shot thirty nine and I actually shot forty three. <laughs> That makes a little more sense because I don't know how. Yeah, you, there's no way. Way less dramatic. But either way, it was like a decent nine-hole score, and you were like, "Oh, that's the best I've ever done, 39 or something." And yeah, it wasn't a 39. That was right. So anyway, yeah, I was yeah. just wondering if the hand, you know, your your 10 handicap had to do with that. Just yeah, no, that's a fair question. I mean, no, no. I also say the other thing people don't recognize, and let's talk about that for a second, right? Like, um, the whole net handicap, the net uh, net double bogey thing. For your handicap mm-hmm. does protect you as well. Yes. You know, huge effect. Of course, it does. Huge effect. Like- mixed, and I have mixed opinions on that as well. Um, yeah, that's it. No, it's it's big. I think in general, 
that obviously again another ego booster thing it helps everybody brings up their you know we shot a better score the problem is when you get into a real competition and again like not to i'm not a good i'm not a great player but i don't make a lot of anything no, you don't. double obviously yeah. in fact i use rarely make double but now i make a bogey and someone makes a triple and they only count the double or whatever double max it, it could work out to that it's like what the hell like i'm getting screwed here because the fact that they can blow up is where I could make up the difference as a good player yeah, of course. and they're cutting that out. Of so that's course. what like, I usually hate match play, but when I, when on my trip, I actually kind of like it now because on those holes, we, we play everything out. I mean, if you know, every hole you have to play it out if you're in a match. So, yeah. you know, that's where the blow up hole comes in and I can make a bogey or double and still win a hole against a guy who's chopping it up. Yeah, I mean, it goes without saying that uh, there is a gap between, let's just say, your your scoring average and your handicap. And I would say the better player you are, the smaller that margin is. The the worse player you are, that number starts to that gap grows. That's right. So my, correct. My eleven handicap. Uh, right now I'm closer to a thirteen. My thirteen is probably like if I was going to play a tournament tomorrow, rattle bottom. I'd probably be like 17 or 18 over par, you know, with all those things. Cause it'd probably be like a blow up score or something like that. And, and the, no, it's a great point. And the, the thing too, when you have to factor all this in, and again, people don't realize that because they think scratch golfers shoot par. They don't, they shoot a few over usually. <laughs> but the other thing is, don't choke out, please. Jesus. <laughs> a mouthful of food. Be a, like, what a, a bite. Historic, historic pod. <laughs> I choked to death. Oh my god! Right. Oh my well, god! This you gotta keep this, this in. You're choking like a dog. Yeah. like a dog. Over He's there. a five handicap, but then he choked. <laughs> <laughs> he muted himself. Oh my god! Oh my god! <laughs> well, system gets him. Yeah, I mean, the CP and I. I mean, we experienced this firsthand at Augusta, and we started to play rattle bottom until the first hole where mm-hmm. I was in pocket making an eight but yeah i mean if i went double bogey max i mean i'm shooting like mid 80s probably at augusta Mm -hmm. you know i had a i had that quad i had a bunch of triples um but i could relate sammy because people on the internet think i'm incapable of going 52 41 at augusta but i you know anyone who knows my game could attest that's very possible right and the reason Again, that's perfect. Like the, the reason that you're, I don't know what your handicap is right now. It's probably I'm like, like a 12 5, similar to you. Okay. Yeah. And the reason you're a 12 5 is because of that huge variability. Like you can have it going that day and you can shoot 78, but there's a more, there's a greater likelihood that you're going to have some hiccups along the way. Much greater and, likelihood. Yeah. Right. Now imagine they take all your hiccups and they clip them all together and put them on an Instagram video. That's tough. But you signed up <laughs> and for they, it. They, they, you said you. You signed up for it. Sam. Oh, no, dude. dude that no, was the whole totally point of the video. I'm like, yeah. trust me, I stink. And I'm like, I own I stink. My point yeah, is, that is not, that is not, um, you know, the full story. So Quality five yeah. for four doesn't, doesn't play on Instagram, unfortunately. No, of course not. By the way, and people have told me that's like the coolest thing that we've done in like the last year is your video with Joel Damon. If people haven't seen it, they have to go watch it. Joel used all of Sammy's drives. Sammy played from Joel's drives. Mm-hmm. It, was, it was incredible. So, yeah, I mean, it was, it was super fun. I would also say, try doing that on fucking camera. Like when you're right. trying to perform, I was, I mean, 
Though, although I will say that I thought like, oh, now that I'm not playing on camera, like the next day, I would be so much better. I was even worse. So let's yeah. not. Even, I, so I'm saying it did in a couple of occasions. It did play a role, but I can't say like, oh, that's why I messed up when I did. I can mess up without anyone watching too. I want to make and one other that, point about but, the handicap first, though. It's the the reason also why people average score is so much higher than their handicap is because of the course handicap that gets added to everything. And when they do the slope and the rating and basically any slope or rating that you play on, or at least around here is way above mm -hmm. what average is, which I don't know how it's the average because I never see ratings or slopes that low that the USGA has as their baseline or whatever. So Sam, obviously RGC, right? Golf, mm -hmm. not the easiest course, especially mm -hmm. score line. so like an 85 there is, you know, better than an 85 at yeah. baseline places. So again, that's why like you could shoot, you can shoot a 91 and 92 and it's like a bad day for you, but it's not like crazy because it's a tough course. What I don't yeah. understand is when four people or eight, whatever people always play together and you know how much better each person is than the other person, but then you go to another course and you have to factor in this course handicap rating. And like, you have to give, again, I'm sound like I'm bitching because I am, you have to give extra shots uh, on top of the normal difference in your indexes. And you're like, I play all my rounds with this guy. Our indexes yeah. are the best. I don't, I shouldn't be adjusting. We're, I don't know this course I better than he does. It's a new well, course. Now you're so acting. You're that's acting, what you're, I don't like about You're basically on some well. outside factors. <laughs> what I'm saying is like, this course is this difficulty. The gap between them is either going to grow or shrink based on this particular course. By the way, well, I, I factor in. That's what, with the course and the rating. If you go to a tougher course, then... You're going no, to be so, a 15 and I'm going to be a seven. I'm going to get, I'm giving you eight now instead of six. You know, okay. So let's say you and I went to play Pine Valley tomorrow, which we've done, by the way, we yeah. played Pine Valley together. It could happen. Because the harder course is going to grow. Like you're the better player. It should be, it should be uh, reflected. I don't, the I don't think it necessarily is. That's the oh, thing. Oh, it does though, Alex. I because really my mistakes going to be magnified there more than that, more than elsewhere. So yeah. if, if you're, yeah. if you're, you know, one stroke better than me on a hole, you're one and a half strokes better than me on that hole. So, I mean, I see it in theory, but I don't, I really don't think it, it checks out as much. I, I think I'm, if I'm playing Pine Valley for the first time, which I did, and I struggled mightily, we're all going to be struggling mightily. I, I get it. I get it. You, it should be. Yeah. Let's yeah, like, just say, you know, years. like, yeah. yeah. Right. In theory. Yeah. Now, yeah. Um, the only the, one thing I want to say is obviously like the worst thing about being a vanity handicap, if that's what you, someone is rest people are accusing me of being is that you're so damaging yourself um in the right. sense that like all you're doing is setting yourself up for failure so the irony is is that this whole weekend i played with my buddy thomas is one of my best friends and he and i are playing in this team match play thing together and you know i'm so i'm playing alongside him he's seeing me struggling mightily the only thing that he wants me to do for sure is to make sure that i'm posting my score uh accurately because he wants to see my handicap go up so then we're playing in this event together Right. right, like the last thing you want me to be is man handicap. But right. again, right. those scores are not going to count, Sam. They mean? Only eight scores count of your last twenty. I know, but right. if they're not for them, Alex, suddenly they start to like they're going to factor you're in. Like, have, you have to have then thirteen horrendous scores for a horrendous score to count. Think about it. Possible, dude. All I can tell you is I, I have these like a, like a you know like a ten differential, like two ten differentials on my on my handicap card. They're going to well, get knocked out pretty soon, right? And then and suddenly those ninety ones and ninety twos are in play, right? 
look, I get why you kind of throw out some of the high scores because there would be people going the other way and throwing up hideous scores to pump up their handicap. I get it. You can't do that now. That's that's good. But you wouldn't be able to do that even if it was like the low five scores not counting because are you really going to tank that many rounds? And I mean, it's, oh, I, I, I'm, you have to be yeah. a sick person to do that. So, well, I mean, we should, that's a whole, I don't want to take up more of your time, yeah. but like the cap patrol thing, like people can manipulate all they want. They really wanted to. You could be, if right. you really want to. So, anyway, anyway, thanks for giving me a piece. Well, anyway, you are, we, we'll, we'll testify for you. You are a solid 12 handicap. Yeah. 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 Right. Is that well, right, not right now, but I mean, I'm, peak, I will be, trust me. You're not your be. peak. You're not your peak. No one's their yeah. peak. And uh, you're not a chop, like people are saying. So we, we got your back. Thank there you. you. Go. This, right. is, this is the summer of breaking 80, is it, is it not? Summer of breaking 80. Uh, part part three, part four, I'm part just, five. Yeah, I will, I'll, I'll get there. I'll More get to there. come in a separate podcast. Yeah. Yeah. There, there we go. All right. Thanks again for Sam for taking a break from one of his uh, 15 meetings today. Yeah. To, I mean, uh, we come into the office. We literally had to slack him to be like, get out of that meeting. We're waiting for you on the zoom now we come into the office. office you know hoping to see you know our boss once a week we never come into him. the office now yeah. never see him he's just never seen him he's in meetings all day yeah absolute yeah. suckers going everything's high every level yeah, yeah 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 yeah. look at you nice yeah. conveniently scheduling a dentist appointment on the one day we're supposed to come in well done teeth looking I good <laughs> i had to cancel it last week for something else so i don't wow. want to can- oh no i had to cancel master's week i was like ah can't make it yeah, can't make it this week. And this was the this was literally the next appointment was today. So that's, literally, that's teeth okay. could use it. I've been, uh, well, I've not yeah. been eating the healthiest foods of late. Um, yeah, good luck to you. Um, okay, so let's finish up here with some picks. We got the Mexican Open this week, the worst field of the year, um, and that's even with world number one John Rom playing as the defending champ. Um, guys, I mean, I, I told you I stayed away last week. I'm actually back on DraftKings. I finally got everything sorted out. It took over a month. I bitched and moaned until they gave me a $25 free bet. So I will be placing at least one bet on someone. Who should I use it on? I'm not, I'd obviously I'm not going to go John Rahm at two to one or three to whatever. Ridiculous. No, I mean, it makes sense, but it's a ridiculous yeah. number. Who, you know, are you looking at one of the other big guns? Or what is it? Finau and Canley, I think, are the only other good players. There. Sorry, not good no, players. Canley. Not Canley. Not Canley. Who is it? There's one other guy, it's 20 Just Rom and Finau and then Gary no, Woodland. There is, there is uh, oh, Woodland. Guy. Woodland's the third guy. Yeah, that's a big okay. I think yes. that's Great who you should you use your $25 free bet on, TBH. Woodland? Yeah, he's been playing great. This is a yeah. – it's a long course, and it could play really long with some wind. Um. And you know Gary is kind of king of the the long iron, so love Gary this week. Um, and then I I use my one bet. Um, I'm going pretty hard on Nikolai Hogard, uh, who's also been playing great. Just had a close call, uh, also on a pass pollen course. Uh, I caught him at 35 to one. He opened at like 45, I think, all the way down to 30. It's one of these communal plays that rarely hits. So I think you go with. With Woodland Myers, because no one's going to talk about him, and he's going to win. Okay. I would not. I would not do that. Um, just as a Gary Woodland, better. Um, he's more of a. Why? 60. This is a week. He should get back. This it's is a the. Don't you have to shoot like? Don't you have to shoot like twenty five under to win here? That sounds like no. a lot of birdie putts you have to make. No. It's a, it's a harder course than you expect. Is it? Didn't Rom like? 
fucking torch it last year, or am I thinking of somewhere else? No, I don't think it was that crazy. This is where like, Ron beat um, Kirk Kitayama. Kitayama. All right, 17 under. Yeah, yeah, another crazy. Kitayama, yeah. Brandon Wu. Wow. Tony, obviously. How about your boy P. Raj, CP? I'm not. That's another one, under 30 to 1. Wyndham Clark, too. This is. It's I guess you explored the winner, winner without markets, Myers. Mm. I don't know why. Mm. Although DraftKings doesn't look like they have it. Looks like you got your uh login back there so um i don't know i i hate this i'm not gonna bet it i don't think although i'll end up betting the picks i give out in the column because uh i like to be honest with with the the readers unlike some people here um but other than that i don't think i'm making any bets it's just a gross there's too much like watching i i flipped to the zurich all weekend but it's just tough there's the playoff time hockey nba Yankees sprinkled in. It, it's tough to uh, to give your full attention to you know Mexico Open and the Zurich Classic. <clears throat> I think that was a shot at at your at your guy. Wow, no, nothing gets you. nothing gets by you, Steve. <laughs> You're such a dick. <laughs> nothing gets by you. I mean, I can't forget to bet my my outright one week, the Zurich Classic week, and yeah, so I think it was. Oh, you're was right. Har- Harbortown. Yeah, it was Cantlay. Um, yeah. My problem with that is, if he wins, then you start gloating. But you I wouldn't have because I've already I've been yelled at for doing that before, so I know not to do that anymore. So, yeah. All right. Well, it, we just live know. in CP's world. Hey, he's got his wedding ring back. Yay! Wow. Very nice. This one doesn't come off, so it's just locked on. It yeah. is a tight one. <laughs> don't think i like to i like to literally take it on and off all day and uh i don't think do that's it? happening anymore wow all right i gotta that's lose some stuff. weight i guess i don't know oh well don't we all um <laughs> i stuff my face with the pasta still uh, the longest lunch i've ever seen i i'm the opposite of Corey connor's i'm like i was about to say something if we had more time i mean I am so slow. My wife kills me. I'm brutally slow. My dad is brutally slow. My grandpa was brutally slow. And that's where I get it from. And it's crazy. Uh, but that's just how I roll. Yeah, you get to enjoy it a little longer. I'm, I'm like Corey Connors. I'm, I'm a savage. You shovel? Shovel? Shovel. Yeah, I'm a shoveler. Especially yeah. pasta, Myers. I mean, yeah, I can go like three helpings of pasta. I'm a dad. Oh, I'll go three helpings, but I'll be sitting there for like an hour. Mm. So I'd get yeah. too full. That's why I, I have a buddy who takes like one bite is like a minute long experience. It just sits in the yeah. side of his mouth. We've been making fun of him for years. It's like it seems like a problem. It yeah. could be. It could be. be. It honestly <laughs> sounds like a health issue he, that you can't. Yeah, he get might have to go to the dentist and get his teeth. <laughs> Bring him with you, would you? <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, all right, guys. A lot of fun. Thanks again to uh, Mackenzie Hughes and Mizzen in Maine. Uh, thanks as always to our producer Greg Godfrey. Please subscribe wherever you get your podcasts leave yourself leave a comment whatever love it uh and please check back next week when we find out if uh, cp has any cavities Woo, see you that what's that old timey reporter guy who scoops scoops yeah that's how it looks like sam, sam reminded me of that. we're live <laughs> he's holding up his mic scoops Callahan. <laughs>